Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on American Glutton, my guest is Brandy Lewis. She is my oldest friend, and on the day that I woke up and was in need of dietary help, she put me on my very first diet as an adult. She told me what to do, and it was very helpful. She also happens to be my wife and the mother of our kids. Please enjoy our conversation. Brandy Lewis, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Hello. Well, I've been trying to get you on this program as a guest for many years, so thank you for finally joining me. You're welcome. Are we recording? Yeah, we sure are. This is your show. This is the show. This Mm -hmm. is the American Glutton Podcast. Welcome. Thanks. I cannot wait to see how you interview me and how you introduced me to your audience. Well, I just did. I said you're a guest that I've been wanting to have on for many years. Who am I? You are my wife. Oh, is that my identity? Listeners, that's false. What? That's my identity? No, no. Start again. Take two. Who am I? (laughs) Brandy Lewis, mother, Mm -hmm. wife. Wife and mother, you hear that? Activist. I'm definitely not an activist. Okay, well then why don't you why don't you tell everybody who you are? Well, I'll tell you who I'm not. I'm not a fucking gal. Your favorite word. I like saying chicks. Are you a chick? 
No, I don't identify by my sexuality. I'm a person. And by the way, I don't even think men and women are equal. I'm not a feminist. But this gal and chick thing is, is what is, what are we, it's such a like title. I mean, I don't get it. You say you're not a feminist, but, and you say you don't think men and women are equal, but I suspect that people would be interested to hear that you think women are better than men. Um, Actually, not, not necessarily. The issue I have is that there's an argument that we should be equal, treated equally, but anything we do that a man can do, we're doing through a chemical makeup that a man has absolutely no idea what it's like right and so it's harder and therefore when you do it equally you are better than a man um hey i don't even know if it's harder i know my glass is half empty a fuck of a lot more than yours you're just saying the two things are not the same two things are not the same and i don't say that when a woman does something a man can do therefore it's better i'm just saying hey it's not equal let's stop bullshitting each other but okay but also and this is not (laughs) I don't want this to be the what the podcast is about at all, but I don't think any two men are equal either. Okay, let's go there. All right. I just don't think people are the same. I think we're a bunch of individuals, and I just don't think anybody's the same as anybody else. Mm, you've really stepped your toe into the ring, have you? Okay, no two people are the same. Sure. Absolutely what I'm saying. Great. Okay. Oh, you're moving on. All right. Ding, ding. Go ahead. (laughs) What has your experience been like living with somebody on a diet for 20 years? That's what I would like to ask you. That's what I would like to know. I don't think we've actually had this conversation. Hmm. Well, okay. First of all, it hasn't been a diet for 20 years. It's been a lot of... uh, Mm, wonderfully mutual ben, uh, binging. You just turned me up. That's way too loud. Because I don't want to hear myself. <laughs> so you're saying it's just been binge eating? No, 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 no. I'm saying, okay, honestly, what it's been is it's super fun. You and I can eat our way through Europe and then come back and be little fucking fat-ass diet partners like holy shit how are we going to reel this in (laughs) and we can be open about that and also not bullshitting about it not like i mean you know okay i'm going to cut out carbs and everything's going to be okay though i try to do that a lot more than you do you've stopped doing that i understand that you're a respected dieter i am i am struggling what are you struggling with? Well, um, uh, let's see. What do you think? I, what are you staring at that thing for? Because it keeps going low and high. Okay, figure that out. I'm holding my microphone. Is that a problem? No, it's fine. Okay. Um, what do I struggle with? I struggle with believing anything will actually work long term mostly believing that me that i can do anything long term so what's the point 
Um, a favorite mind trick of mine, which I don't have so much anymore, but I remember vividly, is starting a diet <clears throat> and getting so sad, like, what, you're never going to have a chocolate chip cookie again? Who are you kidding? And it was the saddest thing in the world. And I don't have that so much because I've learned you can and you can recover. But, you know, lifestyle, that kind of thing. Yeah, I find that, I I mean, there. I think it, it, we have to go back many years to to your your fascination with chocolate chip cookies. I know. But I to to my eye that has that hasn't been present for a long time. Since COVID. COVID knocked the chocolate chip No, no, cookie. since the diet that I started July 2020, uh uh it has killed my long-term relationship with chocolate chip cookies with walnuts slightly golden brown i mean i went on tours of los angeles searching for the perfect chocolate chip cookie and baking them and making them and i don't know why you would bake a dozen cookies and only eat one you you eat the dozen where is the perfect where is the best chocolate chip cookie oh um hold on i had this figured out once but it's been so long that love of mine. Let's see. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yes. Um, oh, my God. I have it. Um, Las Villas. No, Atwater Village Bakery. What was that called? Mm. The Something Village Bakery in Atwater has On what's, Las Villas Boulevard. what's called the cowboy cookie. And it is a step up from your chocolate chip with a walnut because I think they put in multiple types of nuts. But that cookie was gorgeous. Ethan, um, have I answered your question sufficiently? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, do you have any other planned direction for this interview? Because I've got a bit of a coup. What is it? Let's talk. Let's hear about it. What's your coup? Okay. So, you know, oh, well, do you know what one of my top three favorite movies is? Heartburn? Mm, that is is definitely in bandits oh my god yeah that's good we might have to go top five <laughs> keep going keep going um some kind of wonderful nope that's not on there pretty in pink no okay is it a 1980s john hughes movie the movie that i'm referring to does happen to be a 1980s movie but it is not i do not believe it is not john hughes okay prince princess bride no, that's one of yours. That is the kids that really traumatize the kids as kids. I never thought it was that great, honestly. It's I know you love it. Fucking movie. I I don't get it, but I get that that you love it. Okay, I named the two okay, I know. Here's of. what it is. First of all, my number one favorite movie, just so you know, for the record, is Selma and Louise. Yes. But in this top five, and it's not like a favorite movie, but it's just a weird emotional childhood thing. Is Saint Elmo's Fire? Yes. In that film, there is a scene where the three friends, one of which is Demi Moore, go to where the cute blonde friend is working, like a in a feeding the homeless mm -hmm. place. Yeah. I wish I knew that actress's name. I almost is do. it Mayor Winningham? Yes, it is. Yeah. 
God, you're so smart. Anyway, they, so Demi Moore and the uh, the third friend go to Mayor Winningham's employment place of work. Well, she like, let's be, it's place of work because she's a trust fund kid and she does philanthropy to feel good about herself. Okay. I didn't, I wouldn't denigrate it in that way, but yeah, sure. How is that denigration? I don't know. Somebody's getting fed. Anyway. Why is that? But why is feeling good about yourself denigrating? Uh, I don't know. It's just the way you framed it. You know, I thought of Mayor as as really helping people and but so wh- cute in her long with, skirts. Let's what's move wrong on. with the point of view that doing something for other actually serves ourself in feeling good and feeling positive and feeling productive? What's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. I, because, it wasn't hold, a slight. Okay, here's what I want to explain to you. It's a fact. I know that for sure. Um... I don't want to get into feeding the homeless on Thanksgiving. There's many stories we have about that. Yeah. Um, it is a fact that it's for yourself. I think when I'm talking about this beautiful scene in a film yeah. and for you to talk about Mayor Winningham's, uh, that she was just doing it and she was a trust fund, it felt denigrating to Mayor. Okay? Well, you called it her place of employment or something. You uh, phrased it in a way where she was working, was doing work. And she it was work. It is it falls within the definition of work. However, it was a it was a personal pursuit. OK. OK. Enough said. Anyway, Demi Moore and the third friend is it sad that we can't remember who the third friend is? Like I can't I can't even her visualize her. No, me neither. I and I don't I'm I don't feel bad about it right now. Okay. Anyway, they go to her work, I believe, to do some kind of intervention on Mare. And then Mare and the third friend go, actually, Demi Moore, we're doing an intervention on you. Do you remember that scene? Not really, but go ahead. Go on. Demi Moore was spending too much money and I think doing cocaine and they did a reversed intervention. That's what this interview is. Whoa. Yeah, motherfucker. Whoa. You're like, oh, Brandy, you have to do American Glutton. Okay, great. Right, and you only said okay because you you had a gotcha to perform on me. I, I said okay because I felt absolutely forced. And then through the 24 hours of feeling so forced, I was like, fuck him. <laughs> I... I'm going to do a coup, and what I'm going to do is survey your listeners. We're going to set up a vote. Some anybody text me. I don't care. We're going to once and for all settle this argument of at when dieting, when trying to fucking change the course of of all the habits of your life that brought you to today, do you want to be told what to do? Oh. Or do you want just all the information and then like figure it out, kid? Which do you prefer? Because I know I am a person who needs to be told what to do and I will gladly follow it. Ethan Suplee only never wants to tell anybody what to do just wants to give a plethora of information no 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 here's the there's there's a little bit of a difference here one is i feel that the intervention on somebody Uh with uh a set of orders i don't 
I have not seen that be successful. Never? Not to my mind. Not right now sitting here. It, it certainly was never successful in my experience. And then when I think about others that I've participated in that, and that's um, both in the universes of drugs and food, going to somebody and going, I care about you. I perceive you have a problem with this thing, whether it's food or booze or drugs. And here is the path towards not having a problem with it. That has not proven in my experience to be successful. And it wasn't successful with me. Now, there's a, there's a flip side. When I was at a point of needing help and gone to somebody and gone, I need help, tell me what to do. And I followed that person's advice. It was successful. So that that's the that's kind of the difference. And when I... Hold on. Do, we, do you want to get into what you're talking no, about? I'm just... I, I just have to sadly say that so far I completely agree with you. That's my problem with all of this. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, you know, when I have even I've had going back 15 years, I had the parents of a kid who had drug problems who were like, just talk to my son. Yeah. And you do. And it's like, I, you're talking to a wall, basically, okay. even if that wall is saying, thank you for talking to me. No, I agree with you. But let me just say a couple things. I agree with you. However... You're not gonna not talk to the 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 kid of those parents asking you. I have I have really stopped. I have I have stopped. It, it, um, it, the requirement I have now for communicating with somebody about this is their desire to be communicated with. Okay, fine. I mean, I, okay. All I'm trying to say is we can't become an ineffectual society who isn't able to uh, see someone bleeding on the street and go, hey, do you need some help? I, you know, I... I and I, you well, have such a hard line about this. Hold I, on. I want to say something to that analogy. Okay. Um, we construct these uh, stories of what is correct and incorrect, and I think they're largely subjective. Or entirely subjective. So you say we see someone bleeding on the street and I go like, there's many problems with bleeding on the street that I can perceive. And of course, I as a, an individual, if I saw somebody bleeding on the street, I'm going to stop and help. When we're talking about obesity, drug addiction, things like that we are perceiving a problem that might not be perceived as a problem by the individual. Or even if one day they're up to perceiving it as a problem, they might not currently be perceiving it as a problem. And if we take that line, then it could literally get into like stopping on the street to tell somebody to carry their groceries in a different way because I carry my groceries in a different. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you and I actually had this fun conversation recently about how to feed the dogs. And I had my whole theory on which side the water goes on and which side the food goes absurd, on it. And, absurd, and absurd, in the absurd. end of the day, you were right in saying that's just the way you like to do it. And you're totally right. 
that mm-hmm. is just the way I like to do it. How long did you try to explain to me? How many minutes, though, did you try to explain to me your fucking way of feeding the dogs? I tried to explain my rationale for which side <laughs> for too many minutes. This is exactly my point with stopping on the street okay. to tell somebody how to handle obesity when it's like. Who fucking, it's not your problem. At one point I had two things to say. Let's see if I remember them. Um, One, hold on. Uh, First response. First response was my second response. Hold on. My first response is just, okay, but what about the guy who you've heard complain? Oh my God, I had another pizza last night. I wish I, I got to handle this stomach. They are communicate. Hold on. They are communicating that they want some change. You see them doing the same cycle over and over. Oh man, I got to, I don't know why I had to pick an old man in an office as my example. But no, I think- we have a brother-in-law who I can, I had this experience with. We don't have to name names, but Jesus Christ, you're getting so specific. Well, I, because the first thing that jumps to mind is a guy that's repeatedly putting into the universe, I'm in need of change without any real need of change, who's kind of unwilling to do the work. So I have spent time going, do you really want help with yes, that? Yes, yes. And they say yes. And then I spend a lot of time and effort into and so i think that i think that it it, i think that it's good to have a a place of knowledge a a place where you can gather data and when you're ready to go and work to go and seek that data that's kind of what i'm talking about where okay hold on I finally remembered the other thing, okay. and I have to say it before I forget it. It's fleeting even in my mind right this second. Okay, what it is is no matter what, you talk to the kid of the parents who say it, or you tell your brother-in-law when they're kind of speaking to the room that they need to go on a diet. I wonder what diet I should do, blah, blah, blah. Because while I agree with you that how many times you've tried an intervention or something on somebody and they don't do it, somewhere that information is collecting in their brain. And when the stars align and they have enough personal inspiration and discipline to stick to something for longer than 24 hours, that information comes forward. And so in that way... I think it's important. It's still valid to tell someone, well, you know, it's calories in, calories out, you know, processed food. Isn't that great? Like, say all those sentences. I agree um, that giving people good data is useful. Providing good data is useful. However, my experience, again, with having many, many instances of people telling me what to do and and uh, was that when I finally came around to being ready to do it mm-hmm. and willing to work, mm-hmm. I had so much information floating around in my head that it kind of took like a decade or more to 
to get to something that was working for me rather than being a blank slate and going, I'm ready to do work. Do you, do you know yeah, what I mean? I do. I'm just, I also just think not everything is going to work for everybody in the same way. Like the bottom line is, I believe that the bottom line is to burn fat. You have to be, you have to put less Fat is a stored energy in the body. In order for the body to tap into that stored energy, you have to put less energy into the body than it's using. That is the lay version of calories in, calories out. But the means with which, but saying that to somebody, I think oftentimes produces the idea that they have to be crunching calories and doing math. And that's not true because... You can get into a caloric deficit doing, you know, uh, the the walls protocol. You can get into a calorie deficit by doing keto. You can get into a calorie deficit by going vegan. Is it a long-term scheme that I think is super useful as a linear approach to weight loss? No, but you don't have to count calories to be in a calorie deficit. Okay. And so... Again, I think uh, the way our minds compartmentalize things, you can say something to somebody and it can land in a way that d it doesn't reflect the meaning of what you intended at all. Okay. I have two responses again. They, they come up uh, in numbers in my mind. The first one is, would you say for a drug addict to be in recovery, they simply have to? At the end of the day, however they do it, going on top of a mountain, in a hospital, whatever, they have to stop taking drugs. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, yes. I believe in yes. abstinence as the... Okay, great. So we've... we've but uh, as, uh, like, mm, again, we're getting into absolutes. Mm, I don't mm, think mm. all people that are abusing... Drugs and alcohol mm. are the same as me. So again, uh, nobody asked that. I just said, do you believe that getting off of drugs involves stopping taking drugs? Right? Okay, <laughs> well, there's that. Yes. Okay, you want to not be on drugs? Yes, okay. you have to not be on drugs. Great. And then the second thing I wanted to say is, you were like, you could do the walls protocol, you could do keto, whatever. You and I ourselves have done 
ch- diets like that where we weren't ca- like counting counting sure. calories. And oh, lost I, weight. Um, okay, for me, I didn't on um, Atkins at all. So you know, because I knew nothing about calorie counting and i think for my body suddenly adding cheese and bacon was like way more <laughs> it was horrible so anyway i'm i'm with you on there's different ways for people to do things my point is when you are truly ready and so desperate as i have been so many fucking sunday nights and like tomorrow morning i will do what anybody tells me to do it's similar to just ending the cycle just just get me on a path where i can think straight three to seven days from now because right now god take the wheel i can't i can't do this yeah and that's all i'm talking about is the cycle i'm more interested in breaking and that's what i want the conversation to be about is to not have it repeated to not have so many Sunday nights in people's future. And I think the way I see that clearest is by trying to um, convince people to find what works for them and to add my anecdotal experience of when things didn't work for me, it was partially because I was either too extreme because um, when you lose 10% of your, your body weight, it can have a reduction in your metabolism of 25%. So like if you, if you start a diet and you, your, your, your base metabolic rate is 2,500 calories a day and you diet you, you go on to 2000 calories a day and lose 10% of your body weight in a straight line, it can actually reduce your um, metabolism so much more because your body is fighting losing weight that you have to drop your calories again so severely to the point where you're starving. And so that's the point I bring up about diet breaks and maintenance because you kind of have to reset your whole system so that you can then lose weight again without it without it being this awful severe thing. I, I always tried to diet in this linear fashion and it got harder and harder and harder to lose weight. You know, these ideas of plateaus where you're not losing weight, though you're putting your numbers into a machine, you're being strict. Well, you're your metabolism is going, fuck you, I don't want to lose weight. I want to hold on to this energy. So you're slowing down. Ethan, anyway, there's Ethan, a, yeah. Ethan, I get what you're saying. I have the great privilege of living with you. And so you talk me through those moments. Other people Jesus Christ, everything you just said that, oh, my God, now suddenly my metabolism is lower and I have to change my numbers and the thing like it's it's hard. It's a lot. And I think it's OK to help people and to tell them right to. So, but that's that's my point. I don't want to say this is what you have to do. I would rather say this has been my experience. Here are some of the pitfalls of the fad diets that are out there to watch out for. And again, 
these are not absolutes because some of those fad diets have worked for some people. Yeah. Here's all I want to say about the fad diets, because many a fad diets have have gotten me through a Monday and then 30 days later. And I've learned that that is the time that someone is holding my hand through then facing real life. And so this is again my point of telling someone what to do. It isn't it isn't um, a way of life, you know, it isn't a way of doing something for the rest of your life, but just to get out of your own head for enough time so that when you can kind of think straight and you're not jonesing for your next chocolate chip cookie like a fiend. Ah, fiend, fiend. We've gone back and forth on this fiend. word. You fiend right. with a D. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, you should be putting your mind together for what you're actually, how you're actually going to live your life, right? I, and, and therefore, in those moments, eating these three bars a day with these shakes and one salad at night with four ounces of protein is so helpful. Yes, I believe, because it was my experience for so many years, that treating a diet like it's going to be a solution to the rest of your life, this short time period of a diet, and that could be a month yeah. or three months, but that then it's going to solve all future problems. Yeah. I just found myself restarting those diets so many times, and I have the added baggage of the sensation of loss that's associated with giving up drugs, which creates a real physical problem for your body, right? When when you... Well, it, it, it creates a real problem for your mind. Our house is a dark, lonely place when we both start a diet. It is. And, and I have that connected somehow to the number of times that I went to rehab or gave up drugs just because it is this sense of giving something up. And I don't know if it becomes worse because of that, because of my, my association with like brain chemistry that opiates gave me that then when I gave them up, it, it became like the world mm. was a dark, lonely place. Mm. Or if that's everybody's experience every time they start a diet, I can't know that, but I do know. It's pretty depressing. I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah. And I, I started every diet with the idea that this was going to be the time. And when I found myself restarting a diet, it's like catastrophic. And all I'm trying to do is express that that's no longer true. I do not, you know, listen, if because I'm Because you're thinking far into the future but going. But it's not my experience anymore. When I get real strict on my diet, the world doesn't collapse because real strict on a diet is just moving the needle a little bit. Okay. I, I think I've seen you a little depressed sometimes when you've started a diet, like you're now I'm cutting or now I'm really, you get a little depressed, but I think that you anticipate it more and you know exactly what you're going to expect and you know that it's going to pass. It's just not as bad. Right. Um, I would like to circle. Yes. Anytime you aren't eating enough and your body's tapping into energy there's gonna be stuff i'm not saying it doesn't it can be nothing it's still something but my experience has been 
lessened. It's it's not it's not as tra- traumatic. And no, yes, I know. maybe I'm a little bit more irritable or I don't have as life much life is less fun. I mean, think okay. about last night. We went to the movies. How many buckets of small popcorn did I eat? Two. Did you finish them? Oh, yeah, I finished. I mean, till when I was chewing on kernels, <laughs> I chewed. Yes, and it was that lovely little lady. She was like, "Well, the small, the large is bottomless, but the small you have to buy another one." And then when she came to us and gave us another small for free, having no idea the damage she was really doing. I'm not going to turn that down. What am I going to put it in the seat next to me? No. Now I have a second bucket of popcorn. Yeah, I have to get reserve. through. I have a reserve. Anyway, my point is that was so fun, though I couldn't sleep all night from a stomachache. But when I start a diet, I don't even want to go to the movies. What's the point? Why do I want to smell popcorn I can't have? However, when I get like, 15, 21 days into a diet, I'll bring my little apple snack with lemon and cinnamon on it and feel like a million dollars. But there's that part that's depressing. Sure. I always want to go to, I've never, I was a hot dog guy. And so Mm. I just don't eat those period now. And so, yeah. And so I always want to go to the movies. I don't have, that's not my association. What I don't want to do is go out to dinner Mm -hmm. and you like to go out to dinner Mm -hmm. an awful lot more than I do. I do. I do. I go off of my eating plan, as you like to call it. An awful lot more than you do. You sure too. do. Yeah, you sure. You do. know how to but sit I, in a restaurant and just go, "Can I have one piece of chicken and broccoli?" And I'm like, "What? No." But I also think that the the stakes are a bit higher for me. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you literally meant steak, and I was like, "Yeah, you like steak. I don't like steak." <laughs> yeah, the stakes are way higher for you. Yeah. I don't know why, but because yeah. I was five hundred pounds, oh, right. and you've I've been lost fifteen, and like no, 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 no. Let's yeah. yeah. She's saying no, 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 and it might have been sixteen. No, no, no. After I had Grace. Um, let's do the math quickly on that one. I'd say that was like 50 or 60 pounds. I mean, I had had a baby, but that was craziness. And that was HCG all the way. And which is why I'm such a fan of that. I stayed in my house for 30 days straight. But that's what I needed to do to break all my cycles, you know? I then did, I didn't gain it all back. So I'm with you on that. And that was way back then where we didn't talk so much about long term. So, um, yes, I actually, Grace is 16. Yes, Grace is 16. Yes. And this was when she was a baby. So it was a long time ago. <laughs> but um, this, I'm simply saying, wait, wait, wait. I you're actually, also not a drug addict. You can enjoy a few sips of wine uh, i know but i really associate uh identify with drug addicts because 
I, it's real. That that cookie, I went up and down Ventura Boulevard looking for bakeries. Like, it's craziness, not enjoying the taste of anything at all, standing in my pantry. I love food when no one's looking more than you know. Yeah. You know, so I identify, I understand. And let me say that um, very quickly on the topic of HCG and that wonderful diet, I did many, many rounds what ended that was um, going off plan one morning, waking up hungover, and the mental weight of feeling like I had fucked everything up. I was too ashamed. That wasn't me crying. It was my throat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was too ashamed to get on the scale and face just simply the day before that I didn't get on the scale for like five years. And it's crazy to think about, but I can remember that morning and being like, oh, fuck that up. And I think gained 35 pounds. Yeah, I did. I gained 35 pounds back just from not being able to start over, you know, and yeah. that's the problem with the diet because, you know, sure, I couldn't start another round of HCG that morning, but had I had any tools about calorie counting, anything, I could have simply started a, a healthy day. Yeah. And that is the real difference. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, HCG, what were we saying? Well, oh, uh, the other thing I want to say is how discouraged I feel in this moment about helping. Um, helping people. Helping people. Yeah, I don't feel discouraged about helping people because I, I have found the way that makes the most sense to me is just sharing my experience. Here is what I experienced doing X, Y, and Z. I feel very discouraged helping people from a point of authority and saying this is what you should do now if i sat down with somebody and had them explain to me what their life was like and uh the try to get into the pitfalls that they experienced and the triggers and the setbacks and where they've had success and where they've had failures then i think we could start to talk about how they could make adjustments in their life that I would think would be helpful. Yeah. But you can't do that with everyone. Right. And yeah. so we get back to this place of this is the way I understand helping people. You do want me to tell people what to do a little bit more. And I can't. I It doesn't seem correct to me. I understand that. Do you have vivid memories of how many times I've just said what what can I do and my friends to you yes with with pleading in their eyes yes. tell me what to do and I've helped I, okay you've helped them yeah and that's what I'm saying if somebody says to me oh. what can I do and uh -huh. I know something about them yeah I can try to come up with ideas but I have to have some familiarity with them we've lived together for multiple decades i've known you since you were 16 i know a little bit about you a little bit and so when you say to me tell me what to do it's quite a bit easier than me just sending a command out into the ether of like here's what society at large should do because i 
I don't believe the words I if know. it's pointed uh, at society. Because you've lived with me for a little while now, talk about and going circling back to the inequality of men and women. Oh God. Um talk about the experience of seeing me on a diet and then getting my period. Oh yeah, that's rough. Because why? What are you seeing? I'm seeing a whole other set of factors that um, come into play with regard to your emotional state, with your hunger levels, with even your need for, um, and my solution is just to try to feed you red meat to get your iron levels up. Um, but I can't imagine with the amount when I'm severely dieting that I'm feeling emotionally and experiencing um, to complicate that with a whole other set of uh, y your endocrine system just working to against you. I, well, I don't know if it's against you because it's working for a purpose. Or it's working for a purpose, but against your diet. So imagine you're going along, going along. Oh my God, I'm 21 days under my belt. I feel great. Oh, what's this? Suddenly my whole body is going to bloat and retain water and make every effort feel futile. Um, and I'm going to have really extreme cravings out of nowhere and feel sad and feel mad. And it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm so happy that I don't have to experience that. No, I know. And I remember the first or second couple of times that I actually stuck on a plan through a cycle and it was like conquering the universe because so many times I did great for three weeks and then fell off. Well, okay. So now do you have uh, a memory or have you formulated a plan on how you did that? Oh, yeah. I mean, just staying way down in the dumps the whole time. Just if, like getting yeah. resigned to misery? Yeah. And that's kind of my motive for life i mean my um not motive my my mm, your mo mo maybe not yeah. for life that's not no. true but i understand that like i think there's something i've found useful about embracing suffering right that's it is if i you know if you even out the highs and the lows to this sort of like median of i'm just doing it no matter what that's what i'm doing with my workouts now with my sad sad trainer why is he so sad well i restrain from being as negative as i am normally but i have let a few comments slip where i'm like i hope you don't have any goals <laughs> you know like towards me um so i think that that's sad and then he just tells me how much and it's almost like in defiance of me, he's like, I love what I do. I don't I don't know about you. And so now we're in this weird like fight, uh, but it's with my body. It's so weird. But the two things I do is show up and don't leave. But my point is through those sessions, I'm not I'm not like you. You can look in the mirror and be like, "Ooh, I'm building muscle. I would never, ever be able to have a positive thought like that. I'm showing up. I'm doing what he tells me to do and I'm leaving and I'm kind of resentful the entire time. D okay. Well, I'm, I want to acknowledge that you're showing up and not leaving, but mm -hmm. I want to also say is 
it, when you say you, you would never be able to have a positive thought like that in the gym, mm-hmm. do you think that you're working towards possibly one day having a positive thought? I think I am. I think it's akin to faith. I, I don't even know what I'm. I, I or I'll go way down, way down, rather than muscle. My cells must be enjoying what I'm doing, or or are better for what I'm doing. You know, like I reduce, reduce, reduce my overall goal to such a small, small thing, and that's what I can do. And the same with eating. Eating. You said, how did I get through those cycles? It was just like. This is what I said I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat it, you know, but I I don't know. I think what you're saying is really insightful and and I think there is a bit of faith. I think the problem with a lot of this stuff and faith is that we have to have faith to start. We have to have faith to to get to the point where we're seeing results. Mm-hmm. The problem I've found is because I've had faith in every diet. I'm not going to start a diet and do something hard with no faith that it's going to work. The problem is that there's also a lot of stuff I haven't taken into consideration. And like with exercise, if you know the way your body's working, like if somebody just says go in the gym and kill it every day and, and try to kill your, you know what I mean? Like not literally, but like exhaust yourself utterly every day you could start to see results but i think that at some point if you continue doing that you're gonna start breaking your body like your body also needs rest you know maybe Mm -hmm. not if you're 17 years old you Mm -hmm. can leave it and a gifted genetic athlete but so i would suggest faith in your process and trying to look at every aspect that you want to achieve long term so with a diet forever i had faith in the diet and then i would start to see results the faith would then be i double down on it because i'm seeing results but i'm blinded to this idea of what do i do after the diet Mm -hmm. and what happens what's mechanically happening in my body when weight loss slows down and stalls you know Mm -hmm. this idea of a plateau a plateau is completely reasonable in uh, any diet, if you lose weight, your body is going to start fighting you to lose the weight. And the, so the really easy, a really easy solution to that, where we know from decades ago doing HCG was like an apple day, right? Mm-hmm. Just eat apples mm-hmm. and then you'll lose weight again. That, right. That, that broke t- the plateau. That broke the plateau. Okay. How many, you know, one time putting half and half in my coffee broke the plateau, which is crazy. Well, because if you just joggle, joggle, toggle the calories a little, suddenly your body's like, what? Okay. And another way to look at it is if you go into maintenance and you allow all of the hormonal systems and your body to feel like it's not starving anymore and you take a break from dieting that when you go back to dieting dieting becomes much easier the weight loss starts again it's you don't have to continue going into a deeper hole ethan i'd like to stop right there i'd like to ask if you remember a time when maintenance just meant not being on a diet and therefore anything goes. For sure. So 
in my estimation, maintenance is way harder than a diet. I agree. Hey, now just pretend you never had a problem with food. Eat moderately. No, and that's the misconception because maintenance doesn't mean you're just not dieting. Maintenance means you're actively trying to maintain your weight, which is for people like me actually more difficult. Right. Because and because the result you're seeing is goes against the result you desperately want, want to see. Right. Exactly. I just wanted to point that out. Well, and that's what I'm saying about standard diets you have this faith and then there's a missing component that isn't dealing with super long term if a person needs to lose hundreds of pounds or if a person has this condition as a chronic state for many years even if it's not hundreds of pounds it's like you got yourself into this predicament that you're trying to get yourself out of and it's not necessarily going to be as easy as losing the weight like yeah. that's not the, that's not necessarily the totality of the solution i think i had a little bit of an epiphany yeah that in the gym and me going well it's good for my cells it's not that i'm reducing my goal to this little tiny thing it's actually that i'm so overshooting my goal to overall health that it has absolutely nothing to do with a physical appearance that's going to change in 30 days or 45 days or whatever. And um, that is what that is the singular thing and getting older and how much I don't like doctors. That has been the singular thing, the carrot in my mind that keeps me sticking to a plan and not a diet but just a way of eating in life that isn't in search of cookies all the time because i i don't want to uh give a doctor any reason to tell me you know this is wrong that's wrong you didn't do this right whatever i want to present the best specimen i can when I'm 70 or 80 and maybe have to go to a doctor for some god reason, right? Yeah. So, so I actually just think that I didn't reduce the goal. I made it so much bigger and more profound than something I'm going to look in the mirror and see. But I would like to circle back to one utter hopelessness. Yeah. And how, but I actually, whatever, it's just there are certain parts of my body that have are large and they're never going to not be large and they have a lot of skin and they're very soft. If I went into a gym and actually felt like, oh my God, and now I'm going to have this beach body, like all those physical goals of images, I would just be so discouraged. So I've got to give those up. I mean, I have, I've given those up. Well, I, I, I think whatever keeps you going, because I, 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 th I do believe that exercise, you know, Dr. Peter Atia talks about this quite extensively, that it's it, it surpasses any of our medications by uh, to the nth degree. Like it's just exercise is a better medication for health or right. a better supplementation for health than any medication that pharmacology has produced. Which that's what I like. I like being a part of that group where I've exercised my body. I've eaten foods that try to give me the nutrients I should have rather than a 
cupboard full of vitamins. I can get on board with that as a lifestyle over processed foods, medication, blah, 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 just because I don't want to deal with doctors. I don't want someone telling me how to have a body, how to live longer. And I don't know that that part doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Well, well, I think whatever whatever you come up with and I think the metric of it's hard to watch a body change in the gym. It's like you wake up one day and you need a haircut, but the months leading up to that, it's not like you're watching your hair grow every day. Mm -hmm. And so we're not perceiving these changes really until we can. And I actually think we can perceive our hair growing even better than we can see changes in our body. But our body is changing so slowly that you almost need a day one picture and a picture some months later to even go like, oh my God, there's a difference. Yeah. Um, but you can do that with like measurements. Yeah. No, you can. Uh, but you know, how many times have you threatened to hide the scale from me? Like, I just feel like for me, those increments, my mind, even if I'm down two pounds, it's only down two pounds. You have so much farther to go. Like nothing is supportive in my brain. But if I think well, should of- we should we put it out there? How many pounds you've been talking about for two years? <laughs> OK, I'm going to do the math for everybody. So what it is, is it's four pounds. No, no, it is. It, this is how the math works. It is. Uh, five pounds. Five pounds. And then that five pounds, I actually wanted to be four pounds less than the five. So if you add it together, it's a nine. Anyway, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. Let me say that my point is, I think if you take these broad steps rather than the, and broad focus rather than the little ones, for me, like, Oh, you know, we're traveling to Europe. We have experience. You go to Europe. Any larger person in in a room anywhere in Europe is American. Our bodies are literally bigger. They serve you normal portions. You come back and you go to a restaurant and it's like a family size portion on your singular plate. So I think when I think in terms of like, oh, I don't want to be identify I don't want to be representing America as just this bigger person I don't want to be representing the crazy statistics of obesity and that I've been a part of for the majority of my life those bigger concepts help me go yeah you might still look like a piece of shit but but you're not but you're not a part of that group that's all i'm saying you're saying nine pounds because you're magically adding these four pounds to five pounds somehow which is a weird (laughs) calculation that i'm unfamiliar with you're talking about four pounds you've been talking about four pounds for two years but that And then you'll lose two pounds, which is half, 50% of your goal. And it's somehow. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Not, Not enough. A, a miracle, a goal. You've, no. You're halfway there. No, it, yeah. It's do you never see that enough. this is irrational? Do you I understand do. that you can't walk into a room knowing that you have in your head four pounds? that you want to lose and consider yourself to be a bigger person? I do, Ethan. I see what you're saying. Okay, I want good. you to know in my mind, some days I don't weigh myself because I don't want to walk into a room with a voice on in the back of my mind going, you should have lost weight. Why didn't you? The entire time I'm talking to people, there's a voice going on in the back of my mind, diminishing. I want to know if Jesus, I'm responsible for any of this. Um, did I did I give you some sickness about weight loss? Some mental well, garbage? Well, our kids would argue that you gave it to them, but no. No I, way. Our kids would argue that you gave it to yeah, them. Yeah, they might. Yeah, Jesus don't put Christ. it on me. They would um, all accuse no, that I, of No, I you. mean, Jesus, when you come on so strong, I'm going to ask them, but I, I would say maybe it's equal. It's I, I, not I've, just me, I've but yes. I've heard them voice it yes. many times yes, that no. it's you and it's not me. <laughs> Listen, I have my own demons, clearly. You didn't give me this, but I will say uh, you. By the way, the win to this argument is that I gave it to you and you gave what I gave to you to them. That's the win. I don't know why you would. I'd have to draw out what you just said. All I'm telling you is there are times where I feel like you're electrifying this condition I have. It, which isn't bad, so it's my own condition, but like, whoa, I got to take a break from it. Oh, my God, how much I would love this movement of just acceptance. And, it, oh, God, that would be a vacation for me, though. The day I go, four pounds doesn't matter, love yourself, accept yourself, I would gain 20 pounds by Friday, <laughs> like for a fact, for a fact. So I, I don't think that's true. Oh, I know it's true. And so I choose to torture myself about the four pounds, which when you add the five, it equals nine. Like, and I can't even say the nine. I have to just take it in increments. Like whatever I'm doing works and it's crazy and it's exhausting. I think the 
the healthy at every size movement is really perfect for people like you. Like, I think you are the people that need to embrace it. And, um, well, maybe I'm being healthy at any size when I go into that goddamn gym and everyone's so happy and excited but and looking can't in the you mirror. Do both? Um, I don't know. Maybe I am and I haven't realized it. Well, you're not loving yourself. You're not no, admiring but I don't th- yourself. I don't think I'm ever going to get there. I don't think that's in my path. That's what I'm talking about. No. That, that's what. I, that's the aspect of healthy at every size that I, I would love oh, to yeah, see no. you own a little bit. I don't possess any aspect of that. Sorry, let's, you know. I don't really either. Yes, you do. Oh my God. It's the most beautiful thing to see in the fucking world. You look in the mirror. No, the the number one thing that Ethan does is like, I didn't look so bad, did I? Like, no matter what. You always, it's so inspiring, but that isn't me. When when have I done that? Oh, stop it. Why are you laughing so hard? You can remember when you did it yesterday. You Well, I think that that's partially me trying to convince myself that it's true. I know. No, no, no. I love that about you. That's so great. If I were to stare in a mirror and say positive affirmations to myself all day long, I would have a voice telling me what a ridiculous embarrassment I was when I did that at 6.45 a.m. All day. I'd, Even I'd, if you did it alone? Oh, yes. This is a one-person fight here. Mm. Oh, it has nothing to do with other people. Oh, God. Let's move on. Let's go back to Thelma and Louise okay. and sitting almost fire. What was the point of all of that? Oh, they, it was the reverse. Um... It was the reverse intervention, which I've done successfully here. Yeah, but I won, right? I convinced you of my point of view. Uh, no, no. I saw validity in your points of view, but I am absolutely in need of others' opinion on this. So I am going to make Casey or somebody ask the interweb. Casey is one of the producers. Casey is the behind-the-scenes page. Casey is the behind-the-scenes page. That's an interesting way to put it. And... um. And I'm going to get other people's opinions. I know we kind of like went off into all different angles and I got many of your angles, but the the reducing the question to the simplicity is, do you want someone to tell you exactly what to do or do you want information that you have to then figure out what to do? That's the question. No, you don't get to go back to it. We answered. Well, okay. Here's why it becomes complex. You talked about addiction. And so, yes, I agree. Somebody who wakes up one morning and goes and has the epiphany that I had, which is this is ruining my life. Mm -hmm. Step one, I think, is that epiphany. This is ruining my life. Right. And you have to have that in order to go on to step two, which is. I'm not going to do that today. The problem with food is you cannot quit eating. Do you see what I'm saying? So there is no giving up food. And in that, it becomes incredibly nuanced in how you're going to carve out your structure, your function, how you are going to no longer have this thing ruin your life okay and still use it. it listen if we're both campaigning here for our answers thank you 
you have the floor. I'm going to go back to every Sunday night. I have the epiphany. It's ruining my life. Not so much anymore, but hundreds of Sunday nights of my life. And on that Monday morning, I don't have enough mental wherewithal to make decisions for a 24 hour period of time. And this is my point. Wait, wait. I I, I want to stop this cycle of Sunday nights. I know. If you, instead of going, just tell me what to do, because I believe just tell me what to do lasts until Friday. And then you get to repeat Sunday. That is my point. Absolutely. I agree with you. I hear you. However, when you're in the desperate state that I have been in, you need seven, honestly, I like 30 days of just tell me what to do so I can think straight and make rational decisions and choices on my own. But wh- I can't do that on day but, one. But why? If are there not many voices telling you what to do? You've done hundreds of Sundays, uh-huh, hundreds. Uh-huh. So you've had. Yeah, but it's ex- getting through those moments. And that's where I identify with an with addiction. Hey, babe, even it talks about, you know, uh, anybody getting sober, like, look at the group of friends you hang out with. Da, da, da. You have to make lifestyle changes. So a guy can't on a Sunday go, you know, I'm going to stop drinking tomorrow, but go and hang out at the same bar he hangs out with with his friends. That would be crazy. So there's just little you need a a moment of mental um, breaks to to be able and every day you're getting stronger, being able to make better decisions. We can't beat this topic anymore because I think it's been made clear and I I am doing a poll because I we are. No, I'm going to win this argument. I just it's going to be A or B. A, do you want to be told what to do? B, do you want just a plethora of information and you figure it out on your own? Period. Done. Okay. Well, we will see how people react to this. Great. Brandy Lewis, thank you so much for coming on the American Glutton podcast. I hope now that we've done it once, we can do it many times. Oh, we'll do it many times when uh, my introduction is something other than wife and mother. When you learn more about me than those two fucking blanket phrases, maybe I'll be a guest. Goodbye. Now for the Q&A. Hey, today's question is from Jacob. Hi, Jacob. Jacob says, I have been on a weight loss and health journey for the last six months. I'm feeling stronger and I'm enjoying the results so far. I definitely feel like a different person. Is it normal while going through a health and weight transformation to experience extreme emotional swings from time to time? There are days when I feel ecstatic after a workout, but occasionally I feel sad, depressed, or angry, but I'm not sure why. Yeah, I mean, that certainly has been normal for me. Um, I don't know if I could speak super generally about this, but I can relate my experience and that has been my experience. You know, when um, I think that there's a lot, the, the body is fighting against the body's 
desperately wants to conserve energy and and when you are uh denying excess energy to the body and it's tapping into its storage to that's how we're burning fat and all of this that there's all kinds of like hormonal things happening it can cost you sleep eventually and all of that can be uh, factors or has been factors in my emotions getting out of whack, certainly while on a diet. Not to mention the fact that, like, I always wanted more progress than I was seeing. I've never felt happy with myself. But that's not true. I have at times felt happy with myself. But, like, in the midst of a diet, I'm going, like, why isn't this working faster? I'm killing myself to do this. What's the point? Um, or I go into the gym and why am I not stronger? I should be able to do, you know, another set and I'm, or more reps or more weight or whatever it is. So I think that's perfectly normal. Um, I think the goal is to ignore that stuff and, and or recognize that that those emotions are temporary and that you will hopefully get back to whatever your equilibrium is and continue on the path. Um, But I'm not going to lie, like I have emotionally eaten and I have, you know, gotten to the point on a diet where it's almost never for me in the midst of an emotional kind of meltdown the emotional meltdown will then lead to when I think I'm having clarity post meltdown, I'll go and mess up my progress on the diet. But I I think that's still being within the emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's become very important to me to recognize that um, what I'm feeling is uh within me is not external to me but within me and that it will pass that's how i deal with that that's awesome i uh feel like we could all benefit from that advice i love the part of this will pass you know yeah awesome and it will get better you know i i think um if you're experiencing something emotionally that is troubling were you experiencing it five minutes ago or yesterday or, or is this, you know, look, I can't speak for somebody who's constantly feeling that. I don't know what that's like, but um, if these are kind of acute feelings, even if they're chronically acute and, and these feelings happen, we can recognize that they're not constant or they're not absolute and, you know, get through them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for the question, Jacob. If anyone else has a question for Ethan, you can always email it to us at americanglutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee. You can follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>